0: Welcome, listeners, and thanks for stopping by. It's almost the end of the year, and we're at the start of the holiday season. No matter what you celebrate or how you celebrate it, I wish all of you and yours the very, very best. Now, let's get to our episode. It's fair to say this episode rests upon one of the true giants of American legends and folklore the myth of the Jersey Devil. Dates back to 1735 in folklore, which describes tales of a creature that's said to be half human, half devil. And that's really where we need to start because this purported supernatural monster or cryptid, depending on what you believe it is, really begins with a legend and its associated folklore. Though, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of purported actual sightings to wrench it from a purely folklore only. Existence, Tales of the Jersey Devil's exploits abound. He has taken on a variety of forms. Because of the Jersey Devil, crops have failed. Cows stopped giving milk and droughts ensued. He blew the tops off trees and boiled streams. He's blamed for the loss of livestock. Some believed the Devil appeared every seven years and others said he foreshadowed disaster and foretold of war. Prominent citizens or government officials were among many who had witnessed sightings of the creature. They included businessmen, postal officials, and policemen who had seen or heard the creature and saw his tracks left in the snow. This marks the beginning of the change from local folklore to the Devil's presence in regional culture. The Jersey Devil's sightings have covered great geographic distances from Bridgeton to Haddonfield in 1859, to the New York border in 1899, and from Gloucester City to Trenton in 1909. Until this time, tales of the devil were passed by word of mouth. However, published police and newspaper accounts during a famous week in January of 1909 took the story of the devil from folk belief to authentic folk legend. Thirty different sightings in a one-week period told of the Jersey devil sailing across the Delaware River to Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. Newspaper articles created a near panic in the region. As time went on, as is common in such legends and lore, the Jersey Devil continued to be blamed for misfortune and used as a cautionary tale. Revenue officers would come to the Pine Barrens to investigate illegal activities. Oftentimes they came in, but they never came out. They were killed and their death was attributed to the Jersey Devil. Over the centuries, the story was reinforced by parents admonishing their children to come home before it gets dark or the Jersey Devil is going to get you. That's a common theme we've heard many times before on the podcast for creatures like the Rugaroo and spring Hill Jack. And the Jersey Devil's form has been suggested to be the blending of human and devil much like gothic gargoyles. The Jersey Devil lore began in the region about 1735, shortly after Ben Franklin's fictitious story in the Pennsylvania Gazette about a Burlington County witchcraft trial. Early folk belief was often at odds with religious or scientific doctrine of the period. This is a weird tale of an old Quaker family, a terrible birth event, possible witchcraft, and an unnatural creature, and even Benjamin Franklin manages to pop up somehow. In any case, it's at the beginning, appropriately, that we start this tale, a beginning that commences with the Leeds family of Old New Jersey in the 1700s. The most well-known origin story is that of Mother Leeds, a Pine Barrens resident who had 12 children. In 1735, frustrated about becoming pregnant with a 13th, Leeds supposedly predicted the child would be a devil. Prior to the early 1900s, the Jersey Devil was referred to as the Leeds Devil, or the Devil of Leeds, either in connection with the local Leeds family, or the epitomous southern New Jersey town, Leeds Point. Mother Leeds has been identified by some as Deborah Leeds, mainly due to Deborah Leeds's husband, Japheth Leeds, naming twelve children in the will he wrote during 1736, which is compatible with the legend. Deborah and Jaffet Leeds also lived in the Leeds Point section of what is now Atlantic County, New Jersey, which is commonly the location of the Jersey Devil story. However, instead of being based on a single historical person, another theory proposes the legend's origin comes from colonial southern New Jersey religious political disputes that became the subject of folklore and gossip among the local population. This theory holds that Folk legends concerning these historical disputes evolved through the years and ultimately resulted in the modern popular legend of the Jersey Devil during the early 20th century. Colonial-era political intrigue involving early New Jersey politicians Benjamin Franklin and Franklin's rival almanac publisher Daniel Leeds resulted in the Leeds family being described as monsters, And it was Daniel Leeds' negative description as the Leeds Devil, rather than any actual creature, that created the later legend of the Jersey Devil. And there was another reason Daniel Leeds was viewed as a devil. Starting in the 17th century, English Quakers established settlements in southern New Jersey, the region in which the Pine Barrens are located. Daniel Leeds, a Quaker and a prominent person of pre-Revolution colonial southern New Jersey, became ostracized by his Quaker congregation after his 1687 publication of almanacs containing astrological symbols and writings. Leeds fellow Quakers deemed the astrology in these almanacs as too pagan or blasphemous, and the almanacs were censored and destroyed by the local Quaker community. In response to and in spite of this censorship, Leeds continued to publish even more arcane astrological Christian writings and became increasingly fascinated with Christian occultism, Christian mysticism, cosmology, demonology, and angelology, and natural magic. During 1716, Daniel Leeds's son, Titan Leeds, inherited his father's almanac business, which continued to use astrological content and eventually competed with Benjamin Franklin's popular Poor Richard's Almanac. The competition between the two men intensified when, during 1733, Franklin satirically used astrology in his almanac to predict Titan Leeds' death on October of that same year. Though Franklin's prediction was intended as a joke at his competitor's expense, and of course a means to boost almanac sales, Titan Leeds was apparently offended at the death prediction, publishing it a public admonition of Franklin as a fool and a liar. In a published response, Franklin mocked Titan Leeds' outrage and humorously suggested that, in fact, Titan Leeds had died in accordance with the earlier prediction and was thus writing his almanacs as a ghost, resurrected from the grave to haunt and torment Franklin. Franklin continued to jokingly refer to Titan Leeds as a ghost, even after Titan Leeds' actual death during 1738. Daniel Leeds' blasphemous and occultist reputation, combined with Benjamin Franklin's later continuous depiction of Titan Leeds as a ghost, may have originated or contributed to the local folk legend of a so-called Leeds devil lurking in the Pine Barrens. But let's get back to that really juicy story of how the Jersey Devil actually came to exist. According to the legend, which has some slight variations depending upon the storyteller, an Estelleville resident known as Mother Leeds learned that she was expecting her 13th child and out of sheer exasperation exclaimed, Let this one be the devil. Months later, Mother Leeds went into labor on an unusually stormy night complete with howling winds, thunderclaps, and lightning bolts illuminating the dark skies. Makes for quite the visual image, doesn't it? The baby boy she delivered appeared normal at first, but within minutes began to grow at an accelerated rate while sprouting horns, talons, and large leathery wings. The monster child brutally attacked its family members and the midwives attending to Mother Leeds. Growling and screaming, the child beat everyone with its tail and those that survived claimed it flew up the chimney, leaving a pile of rubble in its wake. The creature took to the skies and has been haunting the Pine Barrens ever since. In some versions of the tale, Mother Leeds was supposedly a witch, and the child's father was the devil himself. Some versions of the legend also state that there was a subsequent attempt by local clergymen to exorcise the creature from the Pine Barrens. According to another version of the legend, the infant morphed into a creature with the chest of a man, but he had the head of a horse and had wings of a bat and feet of a goat and a long, serpentine tail. Maybe. You see, there seems to be so many descriptions of the Jersey Devil. It's also been characterized over the years by witnesses as having the face of a horse, the head of a dog adorned with deer antlers, the body of a kangaroo, expansive leathery wings, a forked tail, and razor-like talons, and standing over six feet tall. Regardless of what it looks like, however, it has been terrifying the people of South Jersey for the last... 275 years. So what actually happened? Well, for starters, the legend is treated like gospel by more than a few Pine Barrens families, but one idea is that Mother Leeds actually did give birth, but to a deformed baby, rather than an actual paranormal beast. During the 18th century, people sometimes thought a woman who gave birth to a deformed baby was a witch. Maybe Mother Leeds hid the baby so she wouldn't be called a witch. And then maybe one day it escaped from the house and neighbors saw it and thought it was a devil. After that, when people saw something strange or frightening, they blamed it on the Jersey devil. Over the years, many people have reportedly seen the Jersey devil. It has been seen all over New Jersey, not just in the Pine Barrens where it was figuratively or literally born. People often see the devil flying and screeching. People also see the Devil's hoof prints, which look like those of no other creature known to man. One of the first reported Jersey Devil sightings was in 1812 when Joseph Bonaparte, Napoleon's older brother, claimed he saw the Jersey Devil while hunting near his Bordenton town estate. Sightings occurred and the legend grew, fueled by animal attacks, strange footprints, and reports filed by eyewitnesses who supposedly encountered the beast. Commodore Stephen Decatur was an American naval hero in the early 19th century. According to legend, he visited the Hanover Millworks to inspect his cannonballs being forged. While there, he visited a firing range and sighted a flying creature flapping its wings. He fired a cannonball directly upon it, and it had no effect. The creature simply flew away. The Jersey Devil was also seen with a ghost, Captain Kidd buried his treasure in Barnegat Bay and beheaded one of his crew so that the man's ghost would stay there to watch it. People have seen the Headless Pirate and the Jersey Devil walking on the beach in marshes. They have even reported seeing the Jersey Devil swimming with a mermaid. Wow! Occasionally there is an upswing in sightings that leads to a panic. The most sightings of the Jersey Devil occurred during one week in January 1909. Over a thousand people in New Jersey, Maryland, Delaware, and Pennsylvania saw the devil. Early Sunday morning, people in Burlington started to see the Jersey Devil on the street and flying through the air. They later found strange hoof prints in the snow. Other people began to find hoof prints from the devil on the trees, roofs, and in the middle of the road. A couple of men tried to find the devil, but their dogs were supposedly too scared to follow the hoof prints. Later in the week, The Jersey Devil was seen in Trenton and New Brunswick. Guards with guns rode on the trolleys to watch for the Jersey Devil. By the end of the week, the newspapers had written many stories about the Jersey Devil, and people were scared. Schools and factories were closed in Gloucester because no one would come in. The Jersey Devil was seen repeatedly. It spread as far as central Pennsylvania, in fact, reaching what is today the I-80 frontier of the Pennsylvania wilds. The Clinton Democrat broke the story on January 28, 1909, when the Jersey Devil was spotted in Williamsport. The Leeds Devil, mysterious tracks seen in snow in Jersey found in Williamsport, read the headline. Some creature had left footprints in the snow in the backyard of a home, hopping back and forth over a tennis net. Tracks were also found on a golf course north of the city, looking like either pony or canary tracks, depending on exactly where you stopped to check. Two days later the jersey devil had moved west toward Haven. it was spotted at what today would be the conjunction of the i-80 frontier dark skies and pine creek valley and pennsylvania grand canyon landscapes of the pennsylvania wilds night watchman e.w rogers saw the thing fly overhead just after midnight during his shift at the paper mill he describes it as having a long neck large head with fiery eyes, has two legs about three feet in length and a forked tail about five feet long, the newspaper reported. It appears to be about ten feet long from its head to the tip of its tail and is an unsightly creature that would frighten almost any person. A couple of days later, the Jersey Devil had moved downtown. Charles Poorman woke up to hear something on his roof. Going outside, he found tracks in the snow resembling hooves. As the sun rose, he propped a ladder up and let his neighbors go and look. The same night, Henry Stricker was working a shift at the Clinton Firebrick Works in Mill Hall when he spotted the creature, too. He said it was flying over the main building of the place, having the appearance of a huge bird with legs like that of an ostrich and hooves resembling those of a pony. The final sighting was February the 10th, when railroad conductor William Callahan saw the Jersey Devil flying again over the paper mill. While leaving the powerhouse at the station, he spotted it flying a considerable height above. The description matched with a long neck, large head, and big wings. The creature flew off to the east, headed evidently back toward New Jersey, where it had come from in the first place. Eventually, people saw less of the devil, and life began to get back to normal. Nobody ever did figure out, however, what the creature was exactly or what was spotted back then over the I-80 frontier. The Jersey Devil fad died out for a while until 1927 when a taxi driver in Salem City allegedly encountered the Jersey Devil while changing a tire. The man told the police that a winged creature was pounding on the roof of his cab. In 1960 several residents of May's Landing heard horrifying screams in the night. There was no explanation for the noises and people began to panic. Police hung flyers assuring residents that the Jersey Devil was a hoax, but a circus owner countered the appeal by offering a $100,000 reward for anyone who could capture the creature. No one received the reward. But these were not the only sightings of the Jersey Devil. No, there have been more recent ones. Even an alleged photo and video. Devil in the Roadway 1972 Mary Ritzer Christensen told Weird New Jersey that she got the heebie-jeebies one night when she spotted the Jersey Devil on Green Tree Road. In southern New Jersey, Green Tree Road is a very long street that runs through several towns. Mary was leaving the town of Blackwood and heading toward Glassboro when she spotted a creature crossing the street in her rearview mirror. The animal was roughly 25 feet away from the back of her car. It had the head of a horse and woolly haunches like a goat, but it stood upright like a man and had a set of leathery wings. She described the figure as standing taller than the average man. Mysterious Deaths, 1980 Forest rangers are experts on the wildlife that inhabit the woods they patrol, but in 1980, Wharton State Forest Chief Ranger Alan McFarlane saw something that both grossed him out and stumped his wild animal knowledge. He was called out to a South Jersey farm near the Wharton State Forest. The entire pack of the farmer's pigs had been brutally slaughtered in the middle of the night. The back of each pig's head had been eaten as if something perched on their backs and ate their brains. Their backs were scratched, but whatever killed the pigs left the rest of the body alone and moved on to the next animal in the pack. Eerily, there were no tracks found on the ground, and no blood. This type of attack is not normal behavior for many of the local animals. In all of his years of experience, Chief McFarlane had never seen anything like it. The sight was horrifying, to say the least. The mystery has never been solved locals believe that the only possible explanation to this case is that the Jersey Devil must have done it. Asbury Park Press reports a sighting, 1988. An Asbury Park Press reporter told the story of a Howell Township resident who claimed to have encountered the Jersey Devil seven years prior. This eyewitness must have been up close and personal with the Devil because he described the beast right down to its very large teeth. Dirt Bikes and the Devil In the late 1980s, a group of friends went camping and riding dirt bikes in the Pine Barrens. While riding down a trail about 100 yards from camp, the bikes all stalled. One person said it could have had to do with terrain or a nearby power plant. However, as suddenly as the bikes quit running, The men heard a piercing, inhuman scream coming from the woods. When they returned to camp, those who stayed behind said they also heard the screams that evening. One of the men went into a local bar and told the bartender about the screams in the woods. The man informed the visitor that he had most likely had an encounter with the Jersey Devil. Forest Ranger Encounter, 1993 Forest Ranger John Irwin was driving along the Malika River when he saw a strange creature blocking the road ahead of him. He said it was about six feet tall with horns and matted black fur. The two stared at each other for several minutes before the creature turned and ran into the forest. Smithville Inn and Village, Shadow One evening while taking out the trash, Fran Coppolo owner of the Smithville Inn and village in Galloway Township, saw a strange shadow projected onto the wall before her. She said she looked up and saw the shadow of a beast with wings. While the image had to be frightening, Coppolo said she actually felt calm, as if the Jersey Devil was watching over her. Ten feet tall and stopping traffic. Route 9 is one of the major roads that runs alongside the Pine Barrens, and people use it all the time to go down to the Jersey Shore. Around 10 p.m. at night, a man named Sonny was driving through the town of Bayville. Two cars driving ahead of him had to suddenly slam on their brakes when a disgusting creature emerged from the woods. He described it as being hairless, with strange short ears and hooved feet. He also said it towered over the road standing nearly 10 feet tall he said that it looked like every classic drawing of the jersey devil he had ever seen and that it galloped at high speeds across the highway of course many people told sonny that this was just a deer but he insists that he had seen plenty of deer driving at night before and this was absolutely no animal he had ever seen People in New Jersey blame the Jersey Devil for many things. They say the Devil has caused crops to die, has brought on droughts, has knocked off the tops of trees and caused water to boil. It's rumored that the Devil has also caused cows to stop giving milk and has killed livestock animals. Some people think the Jersey Devil provides a warning of war. It has been seen before almost every war since the American Revolution. It was also seen hours before Pearl Harbor was bombed in 1941. Talk about getting a bad rap. But not everybody thinks the Jersey Devil is bad. Some people think the Jersey Devil safeguards the Pinelands by scaring away anyone who wants to destroy the land. Is the Jersey Devil real? Well, people have only caught glimpses of the Jersey Devil, and there is little actual proof that it exists. After the 1909 mass sightings, the scientific community was asked for possible explanations. Reportedly, science professors from Philadelphia and experts from the Smithsonian Institute thought the devil to be a prehistoric creature from the Jurassic period. Had the creature survived in nearby limestone caves? Was it a pterodactyl or a paleosaurus? New York scientists thought it might be a marsupial carnivore. Was it an extinct physipat? However, the Academy of Natural Sciences in Philadelphia could not locate any record of a living or dead species resembling the Jersey Devil. But the search was on. Superintendent Robert D. Carson of the Philadelphia Zoo offered a $10,000 reward for the Devil's capture. The reward remained uncollected. A later theory. Was the creature a Sandy Hill crane? The crane stands four feet high and is about 15 pounds. It has up to a nearly seven-foot wingspan and a fierce scream. Its ferocity when cornered is well-documented, and this kind of crane will attack people, and it gyrates when flying. There are at least two known hoaxes associated with the Jersey Devil. Gordon Stein, in Encyclopedia of Hoaxes, noted the alleged footprints of the Jersey Devil during 1909 resembled a horse's hoof. According to Stein, a man later admitted he had faked some of these footprints. Jeff Timbles, in The World's Greatest Hoaxes, has claimed that Norman Jeffries was involved in hoaxing the Jersey Devil. Norman Jeffries, publicist for Philadelphia's Arch Street Museum and a renowned hoaxer, was well aware of the stories about the Jersey Devil. So when the museum proprietor T.F. Hopkins admitted that it was in danger of closure unless Jeffries came up with something to boost attendances, the publicist decided that a captive Jersey devil would be the ideal crowd puller. He also planted non-fictional newspaper stories about new sightings of the devil. During 1909, Jeffries, with his friend Jacob Hope, an animal trainer, purchased a kangaroo from a circus and glued artificial claws and bat wings onto it. They declared to the public they had captured the devil and it was displayed at the museum. Twenty years later, Jeffreys admitted to the hoax. One thing seems to be certain. Whatever the Jersey Devil is, no one knows how to kill it. People have seen the devil electrocuted, exercised, shot, bombarded, and burned, and nothing seems to affect it. It just has not died. For decades, Angus Gillespie combed the Pine Barrens, knocking on doors, chatting up strangers in taverns, slogging through trails in search of the Jersey Devil. Gillespie, a professor of American studies at Rutgers University and a leading New Jersey folklorist, was not actually trying to track down the beast itself. He'd been researching the origin stories, gathering context so present and future generations of New Jerseyans can fully understand the Garden State's greatest legend. He wants to make one thing crystal clear. The Jersey devil is evil, he said. He's known for slitting the throats of babies in their cribs. This is not a cartoon. It's a monster. While the legend gained international fame in that January 1909 wave of purported sightings, it didn't exactly work out well for the locals. Philadelphia newspapers sent reporters to cover the story, and their dispatches mocked the locals as backwards bumpkins. It was very damaging, according to Gillespie. The ridicule took its toll over the years with the old New Jersey families. Today, they don't like talking to outsiders for fear that someone might make fun of them. My principal concern about the legend of the Jersey Devil today is it's being transformed into an item of popular culture, Gillespie said. The original legend is a frightening, terrifying story. But the way it's picked up in popular culture is as kind of a joke, kind of a cartoon. There is Jersey Devil wine, Jersey Devil beer, a Jersey Devil roller coaster at Six Flags Amusement Park, and all sorts of misleading Jersey Devil merchandise. And there is, of course, the New Jersey Devils professional hockey team. Everything is wrong with that, Gillespie said. It's not the New Jersey Devils, it's the Jersey Devils, singular. It's in danger of being trivialized, commercialized, popularized. In my opinion, it's not a joke. It's not a comic strip, Gillespie said. It's a real terrifying creature, and we're in danger of losing that point of view. Since that manic week of sightings in 1909, people have continued to see the Jersey Devil, though not as much. People still find strange hoofprints and hear screeching coming from nearby woods. Some say there are as many sightings of the Jersey Devil as before. They say people just don't report the sightings because they don't want to appear crazy. Since the early industrial days of iron ore, southern New Jersey has seen some remarkable activity. This growth and development coupled with the emergence of a well-lit highway system have caused the Jersey Devil's appearances to be less frequent. But the legend of the Jersey Devil will not die, even when he has been declared officially dead and declared officially foolish. In 1939, the New Jersey Devil was reportedly named the official state demon. Periodic sightings and theories will probably continue for generations to come, or at least until the Jersey Devil emerges from the mists of the Pine Barrens himself to tell us his own story. Postscript The Jersey Devil Returns Well, it's hard to keep a scary creature down, or a legend for that matter, at least not for long. One of the most recent sightings occurred in Galloway Township in October of 2015. Little Egg Harbor resident David Black said he was driving along Route 9 near a golf course when he saw what he thought was a llama walking in and out of the tree line on the side of the road suddenly the creature spread its wings and flew away he captured the beast's image with his cell phone and the photo went viral black told abc news he was driving around 6 p.m monday when he saw what he believed to be a llama running outside and as he got closer he said he pulled out his camera and snapped a photo then suddenly the creature sprouted wings and took flight from a golf course Black said his heart was racing as he witnessed both a childlike wonder and deep-seated child nightmare while capturing the apparent black cryptid. Although he said people were laughing at his report, he wanted to alert the community, saying this creature could snatch children out of cribs and steal souls. A few days after David Black supposedly captured the Jersey Devil with his cell phone's camera, Emily Martin shot a video of what appears to be the same creature after she spotted it on Old Port Republic Road near Leeds Point, less than nine miles from where Black said his encounter took place. Both Black and Martin swear neither the image nor the video were edited or set up. Some who have seen the photo and video have their suspicions. We've posted links to each in the resources section of the show notes. What do you think? And now it's time for the episode quiz so this week's quiz from the facebook page is sasquatch translates to what is it a bigfoot b giant men c wild men d hairy ones again sasquatch translates to what bigfoot giant men wild men or hairy ones and the answer is c wild men wild men is correct sasquatch is an anglicization of the name Sasquets, from the halkam Island language spoken by first nations people in southwestern british columbia It is commonly translated to mean wild men, an apt name for the hairy creature resembling a human being reported to exist in the northwestern United States and western Canada and said to be a primate between 6 and 15 feet tall. Many regions have differentiating names for the creatures. In Canada, the name Sasquatch is widely used, although often interchangeable with the name Bigfoot. The United States uses both of these names also, but... It has numerous names and descriptions of the creatures depending on the region and area in which they are allegedly sighted. These include the Skunk Ape in Florida and other southern states, Grassman in Ohio, Folk Monster in Arkansas, Wood Booger in Virginia, the Monster of Whitehall in Whitehall, New York, Momo in Missouri, Honey Island Swamp Monster in Louisiana, Dewey Lake Monster in Michigan, Magolan monster in Arizona, the big muddy monster in southern Illinois, and the old men of the mountain in West Virginia. The term wood ape is also used by some as a means to deviate from the perceived mythical connotations surrounding the name Bigfoot. Other names include bushman, tree man, and wild man. But whatever name you call him, Sasquatch is the big boy of monsters, the apex of cryptids. Well, you're not going to want to miss next week's final episode of the season. We'll be having a first, our very first interview. I'll be interviewing Mr. Bill Kurd, an experienced medium. We'll discuss what mediums are, how they differ from what you see on television, and Bill will share some actual case experiences. And he'll be giving you some tips if you've ever considered being a medium yourself so please join us next week for a great finish to our first year well that'll do it for this episode a theme song is knockers by Cinco courtesy of upbeat music hey before you leave if you could please do me just two favors first of all if you did enjoy the show please leave a like on your favorite listening application. And secondly, if you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Love to have some new listeners out there to join you. I'm your host, Richard Wright. Keep your eyes open for the unusual folks. And thanks for stopping by.